Good morning, Frederick and Hanukkah. Everyone, please help yourself to coffee and uh, donuts. We continue our Wednesday morning learning now of Mesil Sisharam, a modern reading for our times. We began last week with the uh, opening chapter, Babeir Klal Chovas Ha'adam Ba'olamo. I want to thank Elliot Oswang, as always, for uh, sponsoring this year's Cup of Joe in memory of his beloved mother, Marion Oswang Eisenberg, whose neshama should have an aliyah. The Ramchal, the Mesil Sisharam, Moshe Chaim Lutzata, was emphasizing to us this notion that life is not about what we can extract from it, the pleasure we can take from it. Life is about what we can tr- contribute. It's not about our rights and entitlements. It's about, sh- sh- it's about our duties and obligations, our responsibility. And our responsibility is not based on some objective world, but Every one of us lives in our own world. We have our own reality. We have our own personality. We have our own background. We have our own assets and strengths and challenges. And therefore, based on that entire calculation, we are to ascertain and to identify what is our purpose in the world, because the whole world exists just for us. And the way, says the Ramchal, the beginning of Mesilas Sisharim, the way of the path of the righteous, you want a meaningful life, a happy life, a purposeful life, if you want a life that is fulfilling, it begins not by asking the question, how can I get more out of life? How can I find more happiness? But what can I do? How can I give? We're on the second paragraph. This may be the most important line. For me, it's one of the most critical lines in the entire Mesil Sasharim. Many of us were raised or trained or we have this preconceived notion about Judaism that what does it mean to be an Eved Hashem? What it means to serve the Almighty is a willingness to submit, to sacrifice, to compromise, to forfeit. You have to be willing to give up pleasure. You have to be willing to live a life of sacrifice and hardship for the sake of religion. Comes along the Ramchal, and here he describes the essence of all of Judaism. Adam lo nivra. Do you know why you and I were created? If I would have asked you, what's the purpose of existence? You'd say... To serve Hashem, to give up everything for Him. It's not what the Ramchal says. It says, you know why you were created? Lehis aneg al Hashem. To get high on God. The reason you're here, the root of the word lehis aneg is oneg. What does oneg mean? Like oneg Shabbos? Oneg means pleasure. Oneg means joy. Ones means fulfillment, satisfaction. The reason you're here is lehis aneg. But it's not the pleasure of a great meal, a great physical intimacy, a great music, a great shluff, a great donut, a great latka. Nothing wrong with those things, particularly these eight days. However, that's not the goal of life. It's not why we're here. The oneg, the pleasure that we were designed for, that we were created for, is not the pleasure of the flesh. It's not hedonistic pleasure. It's lahisaneg al Hashem. It is the greatest pleasure that man is capable of getting. And the greatest pleasure we're capable of getting is not a caramel sifganiya. It's the feeling of closeness, the approval, the love, the affection of the Ribona Shalolam. And to delight in the pleasure and the splendor of Hashem. You know what the difference between an authentic pleasure and a counterfeit one is? The counterfeit pleasure is fleeting. It doesn't last. It's gone as quickly as it was experienced. So when you have one latke, you want another. 
And an hour later, you crave more latkes. And you finish Sufganiyot, you can't wait for the next day and the next Hanukkah party to have some more. And you have a physical interaction, and it only wants to make you crave more. There is nothing permanent that you keep. There's nothing transformative that happens to you. It's fleeting. It's temporal. It's temporary. It disappears as quickly as it happened. Those are the pleasures of the flesh. But the pleasures of the soul, to get high on the Ribbono Shalom, to experience a spiritual moment, to see something worthy of awe, to experience something of greatness, to contribute to the world, to feel you were in the pleasant presence of the Ribbono Shalom, to feel His love, to experience that something wasn't a coincidence, it was by design and meant to be. All of that leaves an imprint and impression which is permanent. It's a Tanuk Ha'amiti. It's everlasting. It leaves you changed. You're different than you ever were before. When you have a good meal, it leaves you changed, different than you ever were before, but only in your cholesterol and the size of your belt and heartburn. It leaves a permanent impression, but not of the good kind, right? But an interaction that is spiritual, that is authentic, leaves you different forever. And where is the true place where this pleasure, when you bask in the glory, the splendor, when you know that you're in front of the Ribbon Shalom, that's really in the world to come. All of this world is the pathway there. The real pleasure, the greatest joy that will last for eternity is in the world to come where there are no obstacles, there is no physical world. Rav Nachman of Breslov used to say that this body, you know that you wear a suit and tie, you don't know, I know. You wear a suit and tie all day, it's like a, it's like a noose around your neck, stifling, it's like a straitjacket, you practically sleep in it. You can't wait to get home at night and just take off your suit and put on something more comfortable. So Rav Nachman of Breslov used to say, I can't wait to take off this garment which is called the body. The essence was the soul. The body is stifling. It's a straitjacket. It's something which brings with it challenge and tension and, and desire and temptation. And so Rabbi Nachman would say, I, just, I want to shed this body. I want to shed this garment called the body. I can't wait just to be a soul. In the world to come, we're a soul reconnecting with our Creator, with the Ribbon Shalom. And there is no tension. There's no distraction. There's no temptation. It's just the soul. But the way we get there and what determines our eternity once we're there are the choices we make when we're here, when we're living in a world of tension, of conflict between the body and the soul. Which one will reign supreme? Which one will persevere? Which one will win out on the other? So the greatest pleasure, so we live in this world that Ramchal is describing. We have an animal instinct and an animal soul. The animal soul says, eat another sufganiyah, have more latkas, speak the lush and hara, look at the image you shouldn't be looking at. And the godly soul says, no, you're disciplined. You're better than that. Be more dignified. Don't eat it if it's unhealthy. And don't look at that image. Look at the light of the candles, which repair our eyesight. It's brought down the Svarim HaKadoshim that when you look at the candles of the menorah, it's misake and it repairs for all the things you looked at that you shouldn't have been looking at with your eyes. We have a, a, a neshama, we have a godly soul that could be supreme. And so here's the irony. Which one gives you more pleasure? When the animal beats the godly soul or when the godly soul beats the animal soul? When I'm in a good place with my diet and eating right, when you can walk away from eating that thing you shouldn't be eating, it's counterintuitive. But the pleasure of being disciplined is greater and more lasting than whatever pleasure you would have had by indulging in the food you shouldn't be eating. Our brain just has a way of making us forget that. 
because the taste, the smell, the, the, the look of that food is so powerful, it causes you to go temporarily insane and think that eating it will be more enjoyable than having the self-control not to. But self-control, when we nourish our godly soul, there's nothing more pleasurable. That's the Tanuga Amiti. That is the greatest pleasure. When you come to davening on time and you daven at a correct pace and you daven with kavana, when you're careful with Lashon Hara and what you look at, when you set aside time for learning, when you're patient with your spouse and your children, when you're generous and we're giving to others, when you're on fire, there is nothing which is more pleasurable than being on fire. That's what the Shem Yishmuel says. I'll leave you with this Hanukkah thought. The Shem Yishmuel says, the Sochet Shavu Rebbe, Haraga Bener Havim Lebanim Tamidah Chacham. The Gemara Shabbos says, Haraga Bener. If you accustom yourself to the candle, Rashi says Neir Shabbos. Some suggest it might be Neir Hanukkah, but what does it mean? So the Shem Yishmuel says that a candle, the flame of a candle, naturally flickers up. You'll never see a flame go sideways or down. It yearns. The gas, the flame, always goes upward, and that's the symbol. A candle is the sign of a neshama. We naturally should be yearning to go up. And when we look at the Hanukkah candles, the message for us these eight days is to be on fire. You want banim talmidei chachamim? You want children who are righteous, who follow in your path, who embrace your way? Then be on fire. Because if you're extinguished, if you're just petering out, if you're barely discernible as a, as a little ember, if you're cold as ice, it's unlikely those around you are going to be inspired. You want children who are inspired? Be a soul which is on fire and which is flickering up higher and higher and higher. Haraga b'ner. Accustom yourself to living life on fire and then we'll have banim tamid ha'chachamim emir tzashem. Have a freilach and Hanukkah.